0: Welcome to the St. Jose Maria Institute podcast. On today's podcast, a reflection on the anniversary of the founding of Opus Dei. Father Peter Armenio, a priest of Opus Dei, shares how St. Jose Maria Escriva founded Opus Dei to build what he calls a civilization of love and to bring Jesus Christ in a new way into the very heart of the world amid a culture that is contrary to the gospel. Father Peter tells the story of St. Jose Maria's calling to the priesthood when he was 16 years old. His inspiration for founding Opus Dei, and why St. Jose Maria believed that the responsibility of extending the kingdom of God would rest on the shoulders of lay women and men.
1: As we place our attention on Jesus truly present in the Blessed Sacrament, we ask him to give us personal lights on this special topic of our prayer. I will reveal the topic in a moment. But this topic explains why all of us are in this particular chapel. Okay, This topic explains it. And the topic is an anniversary that will be commemorated in a couple of days, October 2nd. October 2nd marks the anniversary of a miraculous divine intervention by which Saint Jose Maria Escrivá received a light on how to create a civilization of love. That phrase, civilization of love, was coined by Pope Paul VI, amid tremendous turmoil in the 60s and in the 70s. Why does this anniversary explain why we're here? Well, this is a means of for- this is a means of formation of Opus Dei, and it started. With this illumination, Saint Jose Maria received. All right. Little history. Right. What's so special about this illumination? Well, a light how to, in order to create a civilization of love, a light on how to bring Jesus Christ in a new way into the very heart of the world amid perhaps a culture that is antithetical to the gospel. Well, it all started with a snowstorm in Spain. How's that? And José María Escrivá was a teenage boy. I don't think Spain undergoes as many snowstorms as Chicago. So probably that made a big impression on the young St. Maria. And like any bonafide teenage boy, well, I'm going to go run in the snow, perhaps have a snowball fight, or make a snowman. I don't know if they make snowmans in, in Spain, but uh, boys will be boys. And he noticed, as the younger generation says today, he noticed something weird. All right. Um, and what was weird that he noticed bare footprints, toes, imprint of toes, in this uh, virgin snow after the snowstorm in this frigid weather. Very, it was a very severe cold snap in lagrono Spain. Okay, somewhere in northern Spain. And he's staring at these footprints. You know, One thing is footprints in the sands of Hawaii. The other thing is footprints in the snow. And those footprints led to a monastery, a Kamalite monastery. And it made him think. He stopped, and he became very, very pensive. Those toe prints kind of spoke to him. The Holy Spirit used that medium to change his life. Those footprints of this monk, unbeknownst to him, was a game-changer, as they say today, for the teenage Jose Maria Escrivá. He His plans were to be an architect and start a family, but Right then and there, he detected, God wants something of me. These footprints kind of shook him up. I don't know if you, if the Holy Spirit's not going to look, use footprints in my case, or maybe your case, you'd probably look at those footprints and, and say, that's weird, and then go home and have some hot chocolate. But that wasn't his case. Those footprints were providential. You know how, how Jesus is. Jesus has a great Jewish, Jewish sense of humor. And so in his Jewish sense of humor, he uses those footprints to, you know, have a major impact on the history of the church, on the, on the evangelization of the world. And so he detains himself. And he says, I've got to lay down my life for Christ, this is what these footprints mean to me and i want to be totally available for whatever god wants of me i think god wants something of me i don't know what it is so i will begin by pursuing the priesthood didn't plan on it in fact in his biography he didn't like latin Oh, or maybe he did like Latin, but he felt that it was a waste of time because Latin was just for priests. This is the olden days. It helps even now, but you know, in the olden days it helped even more. Okay. And so he does that. He breaks the news to his dad, and his dad starts to shed some tears. I guess he wanted him to eventually get married and give him grandchildren and be the head of the family when he leaves this world. But this father said, I'll help you out. And so he's taking this very seriously. He goes into the seminary, and he is praying up a storm. No, he's not saying, you know, our father's here and there. He's pulling all-nighters in front of the blessed sacrament. And he's pulling. I'm not saying that's the moral of the story. Now go right. Now go home and start pulling all nighters. That's not the moral of the story. I'm just telling you the background here, okay? Unless you get and I get major inspiration, we're expected to get a decent night's sleep and not to pull an all nighter in prayer. Um, But that's what he would do, and he would pull all afternooners as well. He'd be there and you know, you know, lost in prayer, asking the Lord to tell him what he wants because he realizes it it's not just to be a priest there's more to it than that It includes it but there's more to it than that so anyway he's um he's doing this for over 10 years you know he's doing this in the seminary and then he and he's hanging it he's he, he's kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament, and then near his seminary is one of the most famous shrines of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Spain. Okay, For an American, it may sound a little different. It's called Our Lady of the Pillar. And you probably say to yourself, man, they're really desperate for Marian shrines. Our Lady of the Pillar. Our Lady of the Chair. the Our Lady of the Table. Uh, Man, you know, these Catholic countries really go to town with Mary and devotion, but it's a pillar because tradition has it that Mary appeared on top of a Roman pillar around, you know, right after Jesus died uh, in a vision, even though she was still alive, don't ask too many questions, but in a vision uh, before St. James the Apostle who traditionally has brought the faith to Spain. She bilocated, they say. You know, some saints have bilocated. She bilocated in Spain, and she said, don't get down on the Spaniards, Jim. Uh, uh, there is hope. Uh, they're not as bad as you think. And they're going to do great things, you know, in the future, which they have. Uh, Saint José Maria was a Spaniard. So that's the pillar. So she appeared on the pillar. So there's a big cathedral with an image of Mary on a pillar. I to be honest, I was in there, and I needed a lot of explanation to figure out why hordes of people were praying to an image of Our Lady that was about a foot and a, f- foot and a half high on a pillar. I was just, just, try, just trying to figure it out. That's, you, know, you know, you got the Guadalupe, you know, that's kind of self-explanatory, but, you know, <laughs> a little statue on a pillar, and you had hordes of people, you know, there's something I'm missing. All right. So he would, he would hang out there. And he would be praying rosaries and speaking to Our Lady and and saying aspirations. One of his favorite aspirations was when he'd come before our Lord and pray, he'd say, Lord, may I see, Lord, may I see, Lord, may I see. And in front of Our Lady, he would say, Lady, let it be, let it be. And I I guess uh, there was no copyright laws on that prayer. (laughs) And uh, that prayer was stolen by the Beatles and turned into a song in the 60s. Uh, lady, let it be. Anyway, so that's that was his deal, and he was doing this, and um, didn't know what to expect. And he's making a retreat uh, with a religious congregation, or in the residence of a religious congregation. He's lost in prayer, and out of the blue, he's hit with a preternatural, a supernatural illumination, a light, a, a light that revealed Jesus Christ in the world in a new way. It was a message, it was a grace, it was a light. He uh, To evangelize the world in a new way. And it kind of shook him up. It was something he didn't expect, because what our Lord was telling him was, I'm giving you something here. I'm giving you a grace. I'm giving you a power, because that's what a grace is, to actually change the entire world. All right, well, let's massage that a little bit because uh you know, that's kind of a tall order, you know. Change the world. Uh just to give it a little bit of perspective, you know, we're entering the month of October. As I said, the Lord has a Jewish sense of humor, and so does his mother. And uh, just to give it a little bit of perspective, this is kind of the Lord's style. Um, I'm an amateur teacher of the history of the Church, and um, um, where am I right now? I'm listening to a book on tape on Joan of Arc leading the French in battle. This little woman who hardly knows that doesn't know to read or write, and is you know basically changing the course of history because God has given her grace or, you know, these little three illiterate children in Fatima are, are told about world wars, about communism, about the fall of communism, if they get other people to pray, pray the rosary. That's kind of the style, you know, Jesus is born in Bethlehem and three smelly shepherds are are, are the people who show up and that's it. So, uh, he, he rises from the dead and no one's there for that one. So, uh, so that's kind of his style. And Jose Maria Escrivá then was very poor, and in fact he was study, trying to get his doctorate in law so he could get a job to f- support his family because his dad had died, um, and he had very little means. And in fact, in fact, it wasn't even his home diocese. He didn't know. He didn't have any connections. He didn't know anybody. He, you know, he was he was there just for a, temp, a short while to get this advanced degree to teach. And, and he's scared, and he asks his spiritual director, this is what happened to me. And the spiritual director immediately says, this comes from God, you got to go for it. And what was the contents of this light? What are the contents? Um, that if we follow this light we will change the world. We will create a civilization of love. That's basically what the light said. You've got to follow a certain path, and you will change the world. Okay, there's a lot of content in the light, and we're going to unpack it before a quarter of eight. Another perspective, which I think adds to this anniversary, that... This light comes at a very tough time. The popes talk about the new evangelization. The popes talk about creating a civilization of love. The popes, especially St. John Paul, talked about the culture of death. That culture of death began in a very dramatic way with the First World War, where now we're talking about the first time in the history of the world millions of people are dying. Mary appears during World War One, to these three kids. And she says, this is happening because my, my son has been rejected. He says, this is what happens when my son is rejected. More than a, more than a punishment, you know, okay, I'll get back at you because you rejected me. Uh, when, we re- when, when God is not a player in human life, human life gets destroyed. Uh, it was a time of the Bolshevik Revolution. Now, for the first time in the history of humankind, you have regimes predicated on a hatred of Christ. You know, when you hate religion, you know, the conclusion is you hate God. And so communism is based on that. And then on the the horizon is another atheistic regime predicated on the hatred of God and hatred of the race of God himself, the Jewish people. Uh, called Nazi Germany. And on the immediate eve of Spain's worst religious persecution, worse than those first years of the Roman Empire, where thousands and thousands of priests and nuns were slaughtered uh, out of hatred for the Catholic faith. And and that is why St. Josemaria says it's an expression of Christ's mercy, this intervention, this illumination that has been approved by the Church. What are the contents of the illumination? Here's where, especially you come in. I come in too, but you come in in a a more direct way, I'd say. In this light, he sees that the church has to be brought to the people. And that the burden of changing the world, of extending the kingdom of Christ, falls on the shoulders of the lay woman and the lay man. When he started to talk about this light, you know, he never got it right, He was accused of heresy and being too liberal. Because he said, he said, in this light, he says the lay woman, the lay man, the hairdresser, the teacher, the doctor, the homemaker, the cab driver, the baseball player, especially the baseball player, is called to love Christ as much as St. Teresa of Avila or St. Catherine of Siena or St. Therese, little flower whose feast we celebrate tomorrow. And that they're expected to lay down their lives as much as the greatest of all saints. That was, in those days, those olden days, that was seen as very unorthodox. That was seen as heretical, so heretical that he was Condemned by some priest from the pulpit, that he was way off the wall. And he said that this attitude among Catholics of just practicing your faith, making a few donations, staying out of sin, in those days, not eating meat on Friday, going to Mass on Sunday, saying your night prayers, that was sufficient. They said, no. A, a major, major part of Christ's teaching has been in hibernation. And that is that the, every single person, especially that ordinary person in the middle of the world, is called to bring other people to Christ. And ultimately to bring that whole world to Jesus Christ. No, we're not doing it right if we're passive. That's what he's saying. I'm, I'm, I'm the messenger here. We're not doing it right if we just practice our faith. And there's only one way to do it right. It is a tall order, that's why people growled at him in those days. Is to follow Christ totally in our particular circumstances. The great majority as married people. But with no less dedication as the greatest of all saints. He says that if we do that, we will change the world. Now, just by way of illustration, this message, this light he received on October second, has become solemn teaching of the Second Vatican Council. He's a forerunner of the Second Vatican Council. And when the document on the laity was published in the Second Vatican Council, or approved, and uh, another document, uh, Lumen Gentium, the, the major document, in those, and then the other one, Gaudium et Spes, which Emphasize the role of the laity, that they are called to bring Christ into the modern world. Okay, that's the teaching of Vatican II. One cardinal came to visit Saint Jose Maria when those documents were approved and published, and this cardinal congratulated him. Monsignor, congratulations. What was seen as something avant-garde a number of decades ago is now solemn teaching of the catholic church you must be elated that the church recognizes the role of the laity to bring christ into the modern world and it seems like saint jose maria threw a little bit of rain on the cardinal's parade he said your eminence that can only happen if the laity are saints if they are true contemplatives contemplative means someone who habitually is dialoguing with Jesus if they're true contemplatives they will transform the world but if they're not the world will transform them will transform them probably the cardinal said oh Okay, so this, 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 uh, this vision is also a prophecy. It's not just, hey, the lay person is called to bring Jesus Christ into the modern world. They're called to be great saints, and, and in their efforts to become great saints, they will bring Jesus Christ into the modern world. Maybe I could tell a quick little quick anecdote. It's an anecdote I tend to repeat a little bit. Um, I was flying to Denver, and I tell my audience, when you get old you keep repeating yourself, and I apologize. I'm afraid of flying. I'm afraid of flying because of the interesting characters I run into. And I could, you know, be here all day. And this one character, I repeated, I got lots of anecdotes, but this one is especially illustrative of, you know, the point I'm trying to make and the power of this light. Anyway, I'm doing my Liturgy of the Hours. There's a book like this, and, you know, and there's Our Fathers, and there's so, you know, I'm reading the Psalms, and I say the Our Father, and this young lady's right in front of me waving, okay? I wave back. And, you know, she's got blue hair, and, you know, I'm sure there's all sorts of technical words, and you know, her hair is standing up, and she's got kind of a funky bracelet on, and leather jacket, leather pants, I think, with a baby in her arms. And, um I go back to my praying come up for air again and there she is says I just want to say hello to a friendly face they go huh hi and um anyway I got to make a long story short because we're way we're over time anyway her track record isn't so hot she's 201 chance that she would sit next to me on the plane. And guess what? She was, you, you got it. She was sitting next to me and telling me her story. I was trying to keep her voice down. I said, shh, because it was, hmm. It would have made a interesting soap opera. And anyway, she had all, as they say today, she had all sorts of issues. And she needed counseling, et cetera. And she said, "I'm undergoing a conversion right now." And I go, "You are?" She says, "Yeah, I am." And uh, I said, uh, "What does that mean?" She said, well, you know, I'm a Catholic," she said, "and I'm exploring my Catholic faith." And she was probably saying, "She's saying, you know, don't judge a book by its cover." Oh, it's hard not to. But anyway. And she says, um, and, and I'm starting to talk to Jesus, and I need less counseling. I still need it, but less. He's my other, he's, he's, he's my more effective counselor, she says. And then I just asked her, I mean, there's more to it than that. I'll, you know, if I forget, I'll repeat it in another meditation. I'll give you more details, but we're out of time. There's more to it than that. But basically, I said, listen, I'm just curious, what, you know, what's the reason for your conversion? She says, because of my grandfather. I said, is he real smart? Is he? She says, I don't know. He's very good. He's very holy. He loves me. And, um, and he's teaching me the Catholic faith. But he said, but the reason why I'm interested is because he's such a good man. And so, St. Jose Maria says the following. In in the way, he says, May your behavior and your conversation be such that everyone who sees or hears you can say this man or this woman reads the life of Jesus Christ. Another point, and we're done. You must, he says here in the way, and this is written in the early 30s, and it's originally aimed at university students, to help them meditate and have quiet time with Christ. He says this, You must inspire others with love of God and zeal for souls, so that they in turn will set on fire many more who are at a third plane, who will in their turn spread the flame to their associates. What a lot of spiritual calories you need, and what tremendous responsibility if you let yourself grow cold. And so the takeaway here is let's, you know, let's wrestle with our Lord a little bit, to use a phrase of Pope Benedict, and foster those sentiments of being holy, not for ourselves, so that we actually bring this kingdom of love and peace, which is Jesus Christ, to many others, because it depends... On how much we can witness him. We put these sentiments in Mary's hands as well. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Holy Mary, our hope, handmade Lord.
0: Thank you for listening to the St. Jose Maria Institute podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. For more resources and podcasts like this one, go to stjosemaria.org. That is stjosemaria.org.